Radio, the Arsenal Therapy Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Arsenal Therapy Podcast. My name is Farhan, also known as Gunner Since 96, and I'm joined here tonight by the one and only <laughs> Mr. James Payne. James, how are you doing this evening? First of all, I love these introductions every week. Uh, I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm not bad. It's, it, it feels like it's been a ridiculously long time since we've last sat down and had a chinwag about Arsenal. Um, yep. the, the last game of the season seems like ages ago. Yeah, you're, you're not You're not wrong. It, I think it was like a week ago now or two weeks. But man, it's been it's been mm. quiet. It's been quiet uh, in terms of you know everything that's been going on because uh, end of the season and all that. But uh, things starting to pick up now in terms of transfers and rumors, and you know mm. we've got the Euros coming up, and uh, it's just so so many so many things is, is, is starting to come out now, which is it's good. But if you want to keep up, if you want to keep up with it like we do, it's a bit too fast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So much going on. I mean, yeah, like we're. I think this is the period where you'd call it sort of the calm before the storm, almost. Um, With the Euros coming up very soon, Um, you've got the transfer window opening very soon as well. Teams are already doing their business pretty early on, and yeah, the news is doing the rounds (laughs) about players being linked to Arsenal about players from Arsenal being linked elsewhere. Um, The England uh, selection was made today. Southgate released his team for the Euros. Um, Yeah, includes an Arsenal player. I mean, it's not very common. It's not very often that we get to talk about an Arsenal player, you know, being picked for the Euros. Who's the last player? Was it Chamberlain? Chamberlain or Walcott? Chamberlain, I mean, might, Chamberlain I mean, might maybe. Be yeah, Chamberlain maybe uh, Walcott. I can't. I don't think there's been any other England player who who's represented no. Arsenal. No, I'm, from, I'm actually surprised it's only one person, but that's only my opinion. Oh, there must be someone else. Oh, my, no. uh, Wilshire. Ah, maybe you're right. Could be Jack. Mm. Anyway, Super- it, yeah. Arsenal don't. Oh, yeah, Arsenal don't have a big history or like, uh, you know, a track record of homegrown English players that come through the ranks. I mean, since Wenger came in charge, it was a massive influx of like French young French players from the second division. Um, and yeah, now all of a sudden we're seeing a little bit of a shift in dynamics with Smith Rowe and Saka coming up the ranks and everything's looking a little bit more um I don't know. I I, I guess everything's looking a little bit more um new. I don't know what word to to use. Uh, We've shifted away from the Wenger model and we're now looking at a younger, fresher, a little bit bolder move. So I'm very, very excited. Um, Now, we are going to talk about uh, a whole range of different things tonight, uh, including, like I said, lots of transfer news including Chelsea winning the Champions League and what that means for Arsenal. And I think we should probably start off by talking about um, the England team, the selection that Gareth Southgate has made and what it means for someone like Bukayo Saka. 
Firstly, firstly uh, I know it's, it's a big deal that Bakayo Saka is in there, but I just uh, from an Arsenal standpoint, it's just it's just good to see an Arsenal player represented on an international level because it's been a while. Um, and yeah, I think Bakayo Saka would be on top of the world tonight. I think he'd be bouncing off the walls because he's, he's going to the Euros. First major tournament for him. And mm. it, will, it would just be great to see an Arsenal player on an international stage because we haven't, as Arsenal fans, had a lot to shout about. Um, yeah. You only have to look at the, the bad season we had. Yes, we finished the season strongly with five wins in a row, uh, but the rest of it was pretty much a mediocre season. Uh, so this is one. This is the the one silver lining we had out of this season was, was the emer- was the uh, was the emergence of Bakayo Saka and the you know the continuation of his good form from two seasons ago uh, under mm. Unai Emery. So I think for that we uh, for that we have to we have to we have to commend Arsenal and commend Arteta and the people working alongside Bakayo Saka to get him to where he has been today and to get him. Uh, virtually in a place in the England squad because without the manager and without the staff uh, being being behind Bakaya and allowing him to showcase his talents in the Arsenal first team this season, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't even have, have had a chance to be in the 26 for the Euros. So uh, I think yeah. that going back to what you were saying, I think he'll be elated on top of the world and um, it'll be really, really, really good to see what it's forms like going into that first game. If he starts mm. the first game, of course, where he's going to start, because obviously he can play left back on, and on the wing. Um, my guess he'll play on the wing because we have a, uh, a plethora of defenders in the England squad. I think 10 defenders. He went with um, yeah. Gareth Southgate this time. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm really excited to see what Bakayo uh, Saka can offer to the team. Mm. Yeah, I mean, first things first, like congratulations to Bakayo for doing an incredible job um, to get into the England squad at ripe old or young age of 19 is phenomenal mm, for him. Nice. He's had a breakout season and a half. He has overachieved, completely excelled, carried the team on his back and he thoroughly deserves it. Now, personally, from from my own standpoint, I don't really resonate with international football as much as I do with club football. Um, I don't really get pumped up and fueled up about watching um, international tournaments. Even if it, even if it's the world cup, I just, I just don't, I don't know why I don't know what it is. I just don't have that same connection. So I guess the first, the first thought in my mind going into the Euros is a bloody hope he doesn't do anything to himself. I hope he looks after yeah. himself. I hope players around him take care of him and he doesn't end up picking up a stupid injury that could A, ruin his career. And, you know, the same could be said about his time at Arsenal. But I guess I'm more willing for him to take that risk at Arsenal than for England. Um, and, mm. you know, that's the last thing that we need. So, and I don't want to be overly negative, and, but that, that's just, that is the instinctive first thought in my head. Yep, when I think about Saka, yeah, uh, I'm 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 so excited to see him. Like I can't wait for him to go in the in- international stage and to you know announce himself to the world if they don't already know who he is. Only the you know hottest prospect in world football. Um, so yeah, good on him. 
good on Arsenal for putting him, putting, putting him on that pedestal. And I'm fairly confident that we will see someone like Emil Smith-Rowe quickly come up the ranks and join him there as well. Yeah. Uh, there, may, there may be a few others as well. And, you know, I don't know whether Balogun, his, whether he's picked England or the US um, as his... I think I think by default he I mean he was born in New York right he was he was born in America yeah, so New York America uh, yeah. but he from has, a legal standpoint he well he has dual, he has dual citizenship doesn't he yeah so he can choose both so he has oh, okay, so he choose it. yeah I, I mean it, that, that, it's a long way off isn't it we, there's no point talking about no like, no I, um, no, I don't think there is. yeah yeah so I mean yeah look first things first congratulations to him. Um, I I think most of us were quite worried if he had not been picked then we would all be at arms right now trying to hunt down Gareth Southgate Um, good luck to the boys as well the competition starts when is it on the 6th or 7th um, it's on the 10th of June, I believe. That's the 10th, okay. So, I can't, I don't actually it's less, not less, just over a week. Yeah, I think so. I may be wrong. Because international friendlies are actually going on at the minute. Yeah, um, that's, I completely forgot about them. Um, and but, then the under-21 international... Uh, sorry, the under-21 Euros are currently happening as well. Um, yeah. I'm just having a look to see when the Euros actually start. The Euros start on the... Oh, bloody hell, I don't know. That shows how much I care about international. Oh, they they start on the 11th, the 11th of June. The 11th of June. I was one day off. Which is Friday, yeah. So the first game is Turkey versus Italy. And I've completely forgotten who we have in the in our in our group stage. Yeah, go on. I tell you, because I think it's some tasty one. I think it's a tasty England, Croatia. Wow. That's I incredible. think it's so, look, I, I Croatia, think it's, Scotland, and Czech Republic. Yeah, Scotland. That for is me. a tasty affair. Scotland. Yeah, that is a big one. Oh, mate, Tierney against Saka. Oh my yeah, god! Can yeah, yeah. Look at that. Look at Can that. Can you imagine? I don't think Southgate will put him through that. Can you imagine Saka going up again? If Southgate plays, decides to play Bakayo Saka He's on the right, on the right wing, playing up against Tierney. On the left, and Tierney puts in a tackle on Saka and ends up putting him out for like nine months. Can yeah, you... I get, uh... you imagine that? That's just me going on three men of the spectrum. Um, but yeah, that's going to be a tasty affair. Do, do you yeah. do you think do you think Saka will be given game time? I do. I well, if if yeah, I, I do think he will play some parts. Uh, because one, why is he in the squad in the first place? You can mm. talk about experience, 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 all you want for these young players, but the 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 manager obviously seen enough where he thinks they can compete on a on an international stage and a high level tournament. So I think he will get some game time. How much do we know? I, I'm not sure, but I think he will get some. Maybe some, maybe a start in the group stage or some uh, substitute appearances. But you know, for Vakayo, and if he's listening, which doubt it but if he is yeah. uh, if you do get picks you really you want to you want to take these games and you want to grab them by the scruff of the neck and put your put your name out there because you know you, just be you, careful be careful yes. okay be careful. whatever you do just be, it's not worth it if you think you're going to end up getting yourself injured for going into uh, uh, 50-50 don't do it 
Don't do it. We need you for the first game of the season. Can you imagine, right? Can you imagine <laughs> if uh, Scotland, uh, England, Scotland, right? Uh, Tini and Saka both go into a challenge and both get injured. Oh, my oh, God. God. But they tackle each yeah. other and both get injured. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. But and, um, and it, just our luck, it, it will happen. You know, being being Arsenal, it will probably happen. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, that's, that's not, the... Listen, yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, let's not forget. Just like to add that. Let, just let's not forget that uh, I think Bukayo Saka is replacing a certain someone in the England squad because of injury. So, oh, who is it? I've completely forgotten. It's, it is um, Mason Greenwood. So, ah, uh, yes, yeah. yes, of course, of course. Always getting injury. one up over Manchester. <laughs> "Quote unquote injury." Yeah, right, always mate. getting yeah. one over. Always getting one over Manchester United. So, you know. I bet you Southgate, I bet any money Southgate had both of them in the office and said, listen, lads, one of you isn't going to make it. Okay, but it's fine. We've got a backstory to go with it. So everything's going to be cushy. Um, and they yeah. had to break it to Paul Mason. Anyways, we know, you know, there's only one winner in that in that conversation. But let's not <laughs> yeah. go into that. Um, yeah, let's let's, let's let's move on to some club football, some recent... Um, accomplishment made by Fans, yeah. a certain team in London who wear the colour blue. Um, Chelsea Football Club have won the Champions League twice now and um, it's a it's a massive achievement for them. It, it really is. James, how did it make you feel to watch Chelsea lift the trophy? And also, did you expect it? Uh, no, because I actually tweeted after the final whistle, how the f- did Chelsea manage that? Mm. I have no clue. Um, obviously, what was I doing on Saturday? Obviously, I went, I went out, mm. and then I did some start, did some shopping because then it was it was the um, playoff final for the championship as well. Oh yeah, uh, I'll, I'll brush on that in a minute because that's uh, you know a good thing as well. But the the Champions League, how the f- did Chelsea manage to win that? The the cards were all in City's favor. Yeah, and they just crumbled. I, you know, it, I I thought I was seeing a shadow of Manchester City mm. uh, as former self because they didn't look up for it. Aguero didn't look up for it, mm. and that's Aguero gone now. He can't do anything about it. Um, yeah, I think he said in an interview way back when he signed for City that he he wouldn't leave until he'd won the Champions League. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. well, you know, uh, how did that work out for you, mate? Money talk. and uh, yeah, a good luck at Barcelona. Yeah, uh, it will probably be to be fair to him, it will probably be a good gig getting to play uh, alongside Messi. Mm. Um, yeah, week in, week out, but yeah, just really, really, um, shocked. Shocked, I think, is the right word because I, you, you know, I, I didn't think Pep would would just bottle it like that, but he went and really mm. did. Well, is it a case that Pep bottled it or is it a case that Chelsea just absolutely out, you know, smarted both Pep, Man City and anything they were expecting? And and I usually, I mean, being an underdog is probably the best position that you can be in going into a final because you've you've got nothing to really lose other than losing a game that you're expected to lose almost I think mm. back to the time that Arsenal played Chelsea in the FA Cup finals we weren't expected to win that I don't think so anyway mm. I think going into that final we were underdogs it was Lampard versus Arteta it was a novice against a novice but ultimately it was a team who had spent so much money um oh no they hadn't spent that much money then but they still had a really solid like group of players and I think on paper you, you might be able to make the case that Chelsea were 
odds on favorites. They might have just, you know, uh, by just a little bit, um, being the fans sort of number one pick for the game. And, you know, we won. I mean, again, in the semifinals against City, I think Arsenal were massive underdogs, but it worked to, to our advantage. So I think it worked to Chelsea's advantage because the spotlight wasn't really on them. It was all about, oh, this is City's first Champions League final. Oh, this is Pep's opportunity to finally make history. And it's their time now and all of that kind of stuff. And they blew it. I mean, I, I don't know how. Um, I think they were outplayed in the first half. Uh, I think in the second half, it was very cagey and Man City just didn't do enough. Yeah, But... Ultimately, you know, Chelsea did deserve it. I'm not going to be one of those salty Arsenal fans that will come on here and say, oh, you know what? Uh, London is still red. London is still red. We all know that Arsenal have more <laughs> trophies. Arsenal have more heritage, more history, more culture. Arsenal have more dignity. Um, of course, we know that. But, you know, you have to give credit where credit is due. This is my stance on this whole Chelsea versus Arsenal debate. If your club if your club is spending 250 mil on, in a transfer window and is willing to change managers midway through is willing to sack a club legend a legend we're not talking about Arteta here we're talking about Frank Lampard who came up the ranks who won all the trophies with the club and they sacked him mid-season because he wasn't doing a good enough job if your club is willing to do that then fair enough Champions League football and the Premier League title should be the bare minimum you should be expecting. So for Chelsea fans to be celebrating, I'm happy. Like, you know, I'm, I'm totally happy for you guys. As a, as a neutral fan, as a football fan, I, I, I get, I, I, I can, I can, I can acknowledge the achievement, but um, where I feel a little bit meh about it or where it doesn't really sit right with me is how, OTT they're going about it it's just yeah. over the top just this over the top celebration oh my god we've won the Champions League twice guys you spent 250 mil you've completely transformed your squad you've you know got you've got rid of your legend and bought in Thomas Tuchel this is expected this this is bare minimum as an Arsenal fan and this is why I have trouble with teams like Chelsea and City who spend so much money this is the drawback there, there is no thrill. There is no OTT. You as fans don't have the right to celebrate the way you do. You have no right to to. You have no right to shed tears of happiness because these are things that you should be aiming for. Winning a yeah, league yeah. title should be it should be a pat on the back and saying, "Well done, lads. You did what you you did what we expected you to do." Yep. Arsenal going wrong. into a Premier League season. And winning the FA Cup should be a given. Getting to at least a cup final should be a given. Even getting to a cup final for me as an Arsenal fan is something you know that I don't really correlate with because I'm just too used to winning. And that's not something that I'm having a go at, you know, other rival clubs. It's just part of our DNA. So Chelsea yeah. fans acting and behaving the, the the way that they did, frankly, embarrassing. Embarrassing. Let's and not forget you're, off, you're you're missing yeah, something here. Let's yeah. not forget the first per the first place they went to celebrate. Oh my god, I was just gonna say that. I was just coming up to that point. <laughs> the Emirates. And yeah, to, to make it worse, certain fans <laughs> going to the Emirates, and you know, other fans might have celebrated the other uh, different ways. Might have spent it at Stamford Bridge. Might have hang you know been around with mates or whatever at the pub. Who knows? But to go to the Emirates 
to put a Chelsea flag around Thierry Henry's face. It, for me, that doesn't really, it doesn't hurt me. It doesn't really do anything to me. It does, it is a little dig. It is a little bit of a slap in the face because, you know, it is disgracing an Arsenal legend's trophy in front of, in our home ground. But ultimately what, what it highlights more than anything is how far you guys are away from building a legacy for yourselves, how far you are from creating a, a pillar. You've got no pillars right now. You are a pillarless club. Arsenal football club have values. <laughs> we have an ethos. We have a profile. You've we researched have a this. No, I've, I've genuinely, this is from the top of my head. This is the way that I view fo- Chelsea Football yeah, Club. Yeah. I don't, I, I can't associate Chelsea with anything. I can't associate them with playing with, playing uh, a certain style of football or, you know, even the work that they do in their community. I can't resonate with that. I can't see what, whereas any fan can see what Arsenal do, the way that they carry themselves. People have certain words that they associate Arsenal with. But what do you associate Chelsea with? And with all due respect to Chelsea fans, I don't want to Yeah, I don't I don't want to paint all Chelsea fans, I don't want to tar them with the same brush, but the only word that comes to my mind is racists. And sorry, look, I don't want to be that guy that has that that brings it up, but you know, the only thing I see in the media, the only stories that make the news with Chelsea Football Club, it's either you're spending money or there is some sort of a racist allegation in a different country or abusing your own players or something like that, you know. So, look, if either you're spending money, sacking managers, or you know. Or the, the, yeah, the alternative. And so, and and so if you want to, you know, celebrate the way that you did going to the Emirates, uh, putting flags around players, statues, fair enough. You know, it's a free country. You do whatever you want, but just know this, your club will never, ever, 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 ever get within a mile of what Arsenal Football Club is. Because these things take time. These they don't happen overnight. You cannot be a club like Arsenal just by winning a couple Champions Leagues. No. No, 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 no. You don't take shortcuts. These things are done through hard work, determination. There's a little bit of luck on the way. But ultimately, in order to be a club like Arsenal, you need to behave like a club like Arsenal. And your club doesn't do that. So, you know, well done. You've won the Champions League. You're now in the same level as Man City. And to be fair to Man City, they're not the club. They're not the, the, the club that are going around doing things like that. But Man City are ultimately the, exactly the same. You spend money like that. Your bare expectations are to win the Champions League. To be honest, I feel personally that Pep should be sacked. <laughs> I don't know if you agree with me, but Pep's been in the job for how long? How much has he spent? I think he spent half a billion no 700 odd million pounds since he's been there and they are only they've only just reached one champions league final it's criminal for me you can't get away with that no and and a, and a, and a manager of pep guardiola's stature you would think you know mm. he would do it more often but there is a curse upon manchester city that only allows them to reach one champions league final in you know however many years mm. and when they get there they lose it, you know? I mean, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was an enjoyable game of football. It was good to watch. But in the back of my mind, all I was thinking was, I don't really care who wins this game. To be honest, they both deserve to lose. And it almost, it, it, it had a it had a little, a very small Europa Super League feel to it. 
you know? Oh my God. You had two billionaires going at each other, trying to win a football game to lift this magnificent trophy. Um, and for me, I don't know, it just sucked out the kind of the beauty of a Champions League game. Or, or it I mean, didn't feel I, like a Champions League game. I got more satisfaction watching the playoff, the championship playoff, yes, than absolutely. the Champions League final. Absolutely. Because Brentford, <laughs> uh, they, I don't know, it's, it's an incredible story. It really yeah. is. It's a beautiful story that they've managed to achieve. First of all, to make the intention to build a new ground on the back of, um, I guess, having the intention of playing in the Premier League. That's one thing. The yeah. intention to try and play in the Premier League is one thing, but then doing it, going out of your way, losing the 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 playoff final last season, and then replicating the same thing again this season, the championship yeah. isn't an easy league to, go, to to replicate results in. You know, it's not one of those leagues where you know, look at the teams that have fallen into that division and have fallen deep, deep, deep down the lower leagues. Talk about teams like Portsmouth, Bolton, Charlton. You know, teams that have played in the Premier League for years on end, teams that have won trophies, and for for Brentford to to come into this, uh, for them it's quite new as well because they've got they got yeah. promoted from League One not very long ago. But then to replicate the things that they did, exactly 2014, they got rid of they got rid of Ben Rama, they got rid of uh, Watkins, and they still managed to keep that DNA to keep that sort of style of football in check. Um, mm. Remind they remind me a lot of what Ajax do actually stubborn yeah. stubborn teams Absolutely. that just don't want to change their system and you know I, I, I can't wait to see Brentford in the Premier League uh, yeah I can't wait but for me it's very very it's very very weird I, if, if you don't mind I'll tell you I'll tell you a quick few stories or a story mm. about Brentford Brentford is very very close uh, it has very very close affiliation to me because uh my uh, a person in my family supports Brentford, mm. and I before I used to go to Arsenal games, I used to go to Brentford games just mm. because you know before I got my Arsenal membership and before I before I was able to go to the Emirates suite like uh, as regularly as I do now, the only team I could probably go to was Brentford because my 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 family member was around the house and asked me to go to 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 games with him, and I said yeah just just because I love football. And then I kept going to like a few, and then I I saw firsthand what it what it meant to those Brentford fans, and you know I got to experience Griffin Park that's no longer there, and now they've moved into their new stadium. Mm. And my God, has it been a journey from from an outsider who doesn't really support the club, but it has a keen eye on what they're doing. From an outside perspective, it was a joy to watch. They played some brilliant, brilliant football. Even, 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 you know, without the likes of Thomas Frank or Ben Rama or Watkins, even with the likes of, you know, um, Andre Gray, who used to play there, and all, oh all yeah, the things, of course, all yeah. the things like that, and uh, Alex Pritchard, who's no longer with the club, but um, yeah, they played some great football under Mark Warburton, uh, who used to manage Rangers and now manages QPR. And the lesson about that mm. better because I still think that's stupid. Um, mm. <laughs> basically, he used to manage Brentford, but then went to Upsticks to QPR, and QPR are Brentford's most bitter rivals. So yeah. Mm. Um, but under Warburton, they managed to get to the playoffs. Uh, I think that was the start. That was the very start of the journey when they managed to get to the playoffs first time. And then I think they uh, sacked a few managers because Warburton left. They they hired like a, let's say, a, an unknown. And then he didn't do so well. 
Uh, and then they, and I think they hired uh, Thomas Frank, who was an assistant to, much like Mikel Arteta is to to Arsenal. They hired an assistant coach, yeah. And he he didn't start so well. Uh, he started the season very poorly, I believe. Looking back on it now, and mm. just really from there took the team to, you know, where they are now. You know, improving week, improving season in season out, uh, selling their best players. Which for for some for some teams you would think. Uh, that's quite stupid for selling your best players, but for some reason it's worked, and it's worked very, very well because they, you know, they for the likes of Watkins, Ben Rama, they've all been sold for a high price, which means then Brentford can then recuperate that money into getting uh, younger, better, and hungry players, which has ultimately earned them a place in the Premier League. You only have to look at Ivan Tony's goals, and um, there's a player called uh, Janot who apparently I was informed only a few days ago that he was worth 800 grand. Mm. And look yeah. how you know he scored one of the best goals, one of the best goals in the playoff uh, semi-final mm. against Bournemouth. And um, it, you know, for me, it's going to be very, very weird as an Arsenal fan to see Brentford in there because of my, you know, my family's affiliation with the club. But yeah. uh, and having gone to some games, but I'm an Arsenal fan first. I always will yeah. be an Arsenal fan first. And because uh, some people have said, some people have made jokes that, oh, you're a Brentford fan. No, no I'm not a Brentford fan. I went there because <laughs> I, I, I got the, I got the, I got the opportunity to experience football and football yeah. alone. And if you, you know, even if it's any club, you just want to go for the buzz of football. And believe mm. me, Griffin Park was a buzz. I haven't got had a chance to go to their new stadium yet, but maybe I can do when they face Arsenal in the Premier League. Um, mm. But yeah, they're in for a treat, and they're in for a bumpy ride with VAR and all this stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, I, I just I don't know what it is, but Bournemouth, not Bournemouth, my God, uh, Brent, <laughs> Brentford, um, stick out like a, they, they just they they just I don't know. It's like when Leeds came up and everyone was focused on Leeds and what they were going to achieve, and they overachieved. They did really well, and Brentford just seemed like one of those clubs. I mean, they have a fantastic. I, I don't know. I just I just feel like the club is run so well. They've given so much like encouragement and support to their coach um they have replicated a successful investment strategy in players that they also trust and give faith to um they're not they're not afraid to let go of superstars who you know want to play in the big league and now that they're there i'm hoping that Obviously, as an Arsenal fan, I don't want to see them overachieve, and I don't want to see us to lose to them or to drop points against them. Against them, but I guess as an as a neutral fan, I would love to see uh, Brentford build a solid foundation where they can play in the Premier League for a very very long time because they deserve um, it. Those fans deserve it. From what absolutely, I think, um, yeah. just looking at you know my my family support and the the, the family member that supports the club, he's been you know, home and away for so many years um, or had been home and away for so many years. And I think it was a 10th attempt for get, uh, a 10th attempt of getting up yeah. to the Premier League and they finally did it. And uh, yeah. I can only tell you how, how elated he was to see them in the Premier League. And mm. um, I'm just, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited uh, to see Brentford as a neutral. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully... You know, it'll, be, can... it'll be great. It'll be great for their fans as well because obviously they haven't had a chance to fully enjoy their new stadium. And what a way! You know, yeah, now they're in the way. Premier League. They've they've lo- they've left their old ground. Um, 
and you know, I, I work in Brentford quite a lot, so I know the area very, very well. So every time I'm uh, driving up, um, I have to sort of drive drive past the new the new stadium, and I see it on the right hand or left hand side as I'm driving over the flyover. And um, yeah, it's a it's a great area. It is being um, like regenerated. They're putting a lot of money into the area to make it, you know, brand spanking new. Um, yeah, it's 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 a great community club. That's why that's that's what I love about Brentford, and I guess that's one of the things that made me fall in love with Arsenal as well, of how well they were run as a community club, how well they resonated with their locals, and how much they did as well for the community. And I, I can see that for Brentford for the last few years. I've been seeing lots of programs in schools. I've been seeing you know your uh, youth coaches coming down and you know training the kids. Um, people in the community being involved with different projects that they're doing. And yeah, I mean, look, we, we can go on and on to talk about how well they've done and what they've done, but it's yeah, the Arsenal therapy. Yes, podcast. it is. Let's talk Not about some Arsenal therapy. news. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's 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 talk about some proper Arsenal news now. Um, we obviously are alluding to the lack the business or lack of business that has been happening in the last mm. week or so since we've uh since we last recorded i mean a lot of a lot of names have <laughs> been um, tossed around a lot of names a bucket uh, of names a bucket of names yeah and we're going to talk about them and we're going to i guess try and give our points of view um as to whether we think they'd make a good signing or not and you know how likely that it will be the case Arsenal might sign them um let's start off with today's news today's breaking Mm. news uh about uh, I think there was a few players Uh, the one that sticks out for me was um Andre Onana Mm -hmm. from Ajax who is Current, I mean, he's got a hearing tomorrow. Is that right? Um, I believe well, he has I'm a not, hearing tomorrow about he his. Might do. Yeah, smoking ban. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. It is tomorrow where he will find out um, the extent of the ban. And I hope that goes over time because I, I I have read that that, that it, it was it wasn't supposed to be anything uh, malicious. It was supposed to. Just, it was. I think he was feeling a bit unwell and he had to take yeah. something. Um, to help that um, yeah. but yeah let's hope for a positive result for him and for hopefully it's Arsenal so, it's so unfortunate because I mean you hear about doping stories all the time about you know athletes who didn't know how much they were taking of certain substances or it was a mistake or they were caught out for trying to cheat but this was such an unfortunate case this is a story about a player who was feeling unwell he reached out to get a medicine to try and cure his illness however he was feeling and because his wife has a the same medicine that looks identical the packaging of the medicine looks exactly identical um because of that mistake he instead of taking the one that he should have took he took the one that was prescribed to his wife and that's where it all went wrong 
So how is that even bad then? Because he's just literally taking the tablet, no? Yeah, it, it was, yeah. And, and he didn't realise it until obviously they did a test on him. Uh, they found that there was an illegal substance in there. And the substance, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, if anybody is listening to this and they, they disagree or they, they, they know more than I do, but the... Um, the medicine that he took was to cure high blood pressure and heart problems. It, it had no correlation with performance enhancing, you know, abilities or anything of the sort. So really, really bizarre. And I guess that's why he's probably appealed it. And that's hopefully, you know, it should the decision be overturned tomorrow or whenever it is, then, um, two things will happen number one a whole lot of people will need to line up join the queue to apologize and number two his price tag might increase you know it might inflate to high levels because i remember a time where he was rated really highly and his price tag was sky high almost to the point where Mm. teams weren't talking about him because there was no point it was just he was too expensive I'm talking about 60 odd mil for a goalkeeper you know uh, playing for for, for Ajax so there is uh, I mean what do you think what do you think about Onana I haven't seen much of him to to, to make a solid sort of conclusive um, uh, you know uh, summary or to give my point of view um yeah, you're not um yeah neither have i really but all i all i remember of, of onana was um you know uh ajax and uh how good he how consistent he was in that season when they went really far in the champions league and and um yeah. he was just out of this world some of the saves he was pulling off were were brilliant the, the, the distribution was great um and I think he'll be if 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 bought he could be a, a solid acquisition for the club and I don't know really show some you know intent of getting a player like that because I, I uh, Onana was perceived to be one of the best goalkeepers back then mm. and um, it will really show some intent. I think the reason why the, I might maybe completely off the mark here, but the reason why they are doing this now is because of that uh, hearing. And because apparently he is worth like nine million, hmm. so they might be taking advantage of that hearing. Going, they might know something that we don't in terms of will it be overturned or not. Um, yeah. And then they put a bid in worth nine million, and and it could be accepted because that's what they can't really value him at. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it it w- would be an absolute brilliant signing if we could put it off. Yeah, and it, it it makes this it makes the story all the more interesting because obviously we we've heard reports of Leno wanting to leave. Um, how true are those reports? You know, we are none the wiser to know. Um, we know that Matt Ryan could be signed on a permanent deal as well. He's gone back to Brighton. He put out a lovely post uh, thanking the players, the staff, and the fans as well. Is he in a free transfer, really? Mm. If that's the case, then I'm not sure why Arsenal didn't sign him on a permit. And they still might do as well. There were reports out there to suggest that he will, he, he most probably will be our first signing. Um, and and yeah, so it makes everything really interesting with Renarsson in the mix as well. I mean, what do Arsenal do? There's so much business that this club has to do. If they don't start now, um, it's going to be a case where it will be a last minute scramble. So what happens with Renarsson? What happens mm. with Leno? What happens with Ryan? And if these rumours about Anana is true, where does he play? Is he our first choice? 
Um, what happened with Van Arsen? For me, he just goes. <laughs> uh, I have to be honest with you. I I've seen where. Nothing. Where does he go? You know, you can't get rid of someone like that unless you release them. And if you release them, it does well, more harm for you than anyone else. He, he, he can go out on loan or do something. But for mm. me, I don't really, uh, as I've said countless times, I don't want to be overcritical, but I've seen nothing uh, to 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 excite me about him. Mm. Uh, obviously, it's been very limited times we've seen him, but the times I have seen him haven't really been up to scratch. Obviously, that horror show against Manchester City. Yeah. Uh, looking over at the bench because you don't know what you're doing from a goal kick. Mm. Um, one second. He is... I was just seeing how old he was. Um, 23, 24? Yeah, he's 23. and No, 26. 26. Wow. Okay. 26 years old and you play like that. I mean... Mm. To be really fair him. to him, James, it's not his. Yeah. I, I, I don't necessarily blame him because I don't think that Arsenal should have ever considered buying Renarsson. I think the only reason they did is because he had links with one of our goalkeeping coaches. Um, yep. I think that Arsenal's transfer dealings of past, you know, ever since I can remember has been nothing but dodgy and diabolical. Um, just lacked any sense of ambition or just, I don't know. They, they, they lack bollocks. You know, yeah, you're not Arsenal wrong. just seems scared. It was it was between Renarsson and David Raya. Arsenal could have bought David Raya if they wanted to. They could have put the money down and they could have purchased him, but they chose not to because Raya wanted to stay at Brentford and he, you know, he wanted to play first team and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Brentford didn't want to let him go. Whatever. If Arsenal wanted to, if they really wanted to, they could have lured, lured him in. We're talking about a player who's playing in the championship with all due respect in comparison to a club that was playing European football and um, Premier League football, you know, there's no comparison with all due respect. So they failed to get David Raya and uh, consequently they had to get Renarsson who who played second fiddle. Renarsson was not ready. And we know this. Um, There are plenty of reports to tell us that Renarsson was never going to be good at Arsenal because he had no track record to prove it. And he was playing at one of the lower teams in the French league. So, and he had one of the, he had one of the most awful records as well. So we're like, what do you expect? I feel bad for him because as a goalkeeper and more importantly, as a young footballer and we're talking about goalkeepers, their goalkeepers can go on until they're in their forties. So as a young goalkeeper, this could have been a devastating move for him and it could have stunted any hope of developing him into what he could have been which might not be the best goalkeeper in the world but it could have elevated him to the next level maybe a mid mid uh, uh, a mid league side you know but now it's like where is his confidence where is his mindset and I, f- I feel bad for him I feel bad for him um, I, I think Arsenal and like I said, I don't expect much from Arsenal in this window because of what I've seen of the past. I don't think that Stan and Josh are really going to dig deep and invest. Um, I mean, swaying away from Anana, there are other reports about 
Arsenal missing out on Thiago Thomas, the young Portuguese who's tipped to be the next whoever. I mean, apparently he's supposed to be the next superstar. 20 mil rated. Um, I remember reading reports about this ages ago where they were just on the verge, on the cusp of signing him. And all of a sudden now it seems as if uh, Edu has failed to do that because Arsenal don't have that European pull-in power anymore. Um, and and when, when you read about stuff like this, I mean, what hope does it give you? What encouragement does it give you that Arsenal have the ability of signing top quality players that are supposed to put us push us into the next level? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, I, I didn't know about um, Thomas, but uh, I should have done really. That's bad on my part. But um, yeah, I think I don't see uh, the Cronkies as of yet dipping into their pocket and spending money uh, because there's a lot of rumours about outgoings, which, you know, having to sell to buy looks very, very likely at this moment in time. Uh, but there is one, there is one transfer that really, really, two actually, two transfers that really, really excite me. And I don't want to get too excited, but there are, yeah. I would say there is some truth in it. Cool. Uh, Raheem Sterling and mm. Riyad Mahrez. Oh God, yeah. Those two, no, no, hear me out. Yeah. Those two, particularly Raheem Sterling, Raheem Sterling loves Arteta. Mm. Because I, I I don't know if you've seen in the Manchester City documentary, Arteta used to coach used to coach Raheem Sterling individually. Yeah, individually. So there was no Pep Guardiola. There was no any. There was nothing. It was Mikel Arteta and Raheem Sterling. Now, mm. could you just imagine if we managed to get Raheem Sterling? And, you know, it wouldn't be out of the realms of possibility because Raheem Sterling could look, could look on that and go, Arteta, yeah, I know Arteta, he's a great coach, you know, mm, mm. And, and I'm joining an Arsenal side that wants to to reinvent themselves. And same goes for Mahrez as well, if we want to get both of them, but that won't happen, um, you know. But could you imagine Raheem Sterling on that right-hand side or, you know, wherever? Uh, Gabriel Jesus is another one I saw mentioned. Yeah. Could you imagine we raid City for their because their, they are looking to plot for Kane and Grealish, and for that they'll have to sell some players. So, so um, I've just sorry, I'm just going to interrupt here because reports have just been released uh, that Andre Anana has agreed personal terms with Arsenal for a contract until 2024 with an option for another season. Um, the last details between Arsenal and Ajax done deal and this was uh, reported by Niccolo Shearer mm-hmm. sports journalist um, with 130k wow. followers so he I mean this is credible sources that are coming out just 10 minutes ago um, and it seems as if that that deal has been completed what do you mean yeah I mean that that's uh, to have that breaking news and when we're on the podcast that's a uh, mm. A pretty good, you know, yeah. I, I'm happy. I'm happy. If if it is done, I'm happy. I'm happy that we've got a keeper like that on our on our books now. Mm. Uh, maybe we're, we're going to look on this episode and think it's all bullshit. And yeah. it, he, it wasn't the side, but, you know, I'm seeing so many, so many rumours about Andre Onana on the verge of signing. And, you yeah. know, to have this come out now is, I think, what the, the last thing, the, the last thing and the nail in the coffin will be... Um, here we go from Fabrizio Romano 
Yeah. And <laughs> it will be done. Um, mm. but, but yeah, I think really exciting, really, really exciting. And would that mean no Ryan, no Leno? Mm. Uh, we'll have to see. Um, Anyway, you you were talking about uh, some of, no no no. I, I was just I was just saying about Gabriel uh, Gabriel Jesus. That's another mm. one who's been linked to Arsenal, and it will be time for I think it's time for Pep Guardiola to do us a favor and transfer wise, mm, mm. and get Mikel Arteta's best friend uh, some signings <laughs> because yeah. you know I've heard I've heard a rumor that they spent time at people's houses and stuff recently. Uh, yeah. When when Mika, when uh, Pep Guardiola was trying to sort some stuff out, um, mm. so I think it's time. I think it's time that we 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 get some favors from him. Mm. But yeah, that Andre Anana news is pretty pretty cool. Um, and if it is true, welcome to Arsenal. Mm. Uh, you're going to be in for some for for some bumpy rides <laughs> uh, for sure. If if you know, but. Hopefully he can be the shot stopper that we need and yeah. the person that can drive us forward. And um, on the point that you made about Man City, uh, I think you're bang on the money. And um, I think that this will be a really interesting transfer window with lots of backroom under the table kind of negotiations uh, talking about I'm talking about the, the 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 days where we were signing uh, a Bamiyang because Mkhitaryan was sold to United, and you know all of that kind of stuff. I think there will be lots of triangles in the making in 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 the process of signing players. I mean, Man City have already have already released a statement about this summer. Um, their chairman Kaldun Mubarak saying that really? yes, yeah, so saying that they are ready to spend big. You know, they they need to spend uh, big on a couple of players, a couple of quality players this summer. And you and I know who these players that potentially could sign for City are. Talking about your Harry Kane's, your um, Grealish's, your Haaland's, etc., etc. Players with you know free figures on their price tag. So in order for them to, even Man City, in order for them to uh, viably financially afford these players without any repercussions, talking about FFP, of course, they're going to have to sell. And so players like Sterling and Mares have already been mentioned, have already been reported to be um, on, on the transfer list. You make that point about Arteta having, you know, such a close relation. And this is the beauty about... I guess different managers managing clubs and I guess different phases that clubs go through. We had the Arsene Wenger phase where he came in. It was all very French. Um, it was very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? My God, it was very French connection. No, it's what's the word. Uh, oh my God, this is going to really bother me. French market. Uh, influenced, influenced. It was very French influenced. There you go. <laughs> it was very French influenced, and I mean, I think I've got one. Um, a what are those books that they give at the uh, game match day booklets? What are they called? Program programs. I say. Uh, I think I've got a program where at the back of the program they've got the list of the players, and literally all you can see is French flags going down the Arsenal um team team news, and. Yeah, and, and basically the point that I'm making is that having different managers has its pros and cons, but one of the biggest pros I feel like is the different relationships that you have with other clubs and the different makeup that you see 
um, all of a sudden now Arsenal have become a little bit more, you know, young, fresher, a little bit more sort of diversity in the sense that um, we have quite a few English players coming through the ranks. We have more Premier League players that are being focused on. You know, you have that Arteta folk uh, relationship with Pep and with Man City, meaning that there can be more business done between the two clubs. Whereas previously, the bulk of our players were coming from Ligue 1 with Mm -hmm. Marseille, with, you know, Lyon and etc. And yeah, I I think that is a positive move for Arsenal to make. But like I said, I have a lot of reservations about what Arsenal can do in this window. It's all good seeing these types of reports. But when you know you don't have European football and you have a number of players that are also looking to leave, who can Arsenal replace them with? And I'm obviously talking about um, players like Shaka Bellerin, Gwendouzi, who have this week all been reported to be on their way out. Um, I think Gwendouzi is all but done. Uh, Yeah, I think so as well. To Marseille, right? Yep, to Marseille. Yeah, yeah um, for, a, for a stupid fee as well. What, did I, what was I reading? 10 mil? Uh, 15. Plus 15, 15 plus add-ons? What, yep. What's your views on that? I mean, what, do you think... Well, how much do you think Wendouzi is worth in this market? I think it's quite important um, to know in this market. I'd say 20 to 25. Mm. I don't... Look, I, I don't really... <sighs> Gwendouzi's a strange one because I just think you burnt all these bridges. Yeah. With Arsenal a long time ago. I don't think that was any way back. I think he is, I'd use the word a bit, I don't, I don't want to use the word childish, but it feels a bit relevant. Yeah. Childish just comes to mind because it just seems very, very, uh, I don't know. You see the, the Hertha Berlin manager or whoever it was described him as a, a, a player that, um, you know, just hit puberty because he had an attitude problem (laughs) and, you know, things like that. Uh, But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, would I like to see him play for Arsenal again? Maybe, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, you know, there are better, let's be honest, there are better players out there. Gendouzi isn't Mm. the B1 Endo and, 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 you know, maybe, maybe we could have used him this season. Uh, I think he just shot himself in the foot there with his petulance and attitude and things like that. Such a shame because he was such a young, promising player. I remember, you know, clearly games against uh, teams like Spurs where the guy was seemed to be the only one on the pitch who was willing to do something on the ball, driving himself, committing his soul, <laughs> 100% of his every inch of his body on the pitch for the team, for the badge. I just wish that he had sorted out his disciplinary problems because the guy had, uh, you know, a heart of a lion and the mindset of an elite footballer. Um, I, I There's part of me that really hopes and wishes that he's given another chance and that he doesn't fuck it up. Um, yeah. to put it frank <laughs> I, I don't know I don't, I don't know you know I don't think he'll get the chance to do that yeah and same you know I totally I, you know I, I, I think it's he's he's a very long way from uh, where he was when he was playing against when he was playing with Unai I'm talking about Unai Emery as well congratulations to him for winning the Europa League um, and 
also, you know, a certain somebody was quite keen to praise him. And I'm talking about Gwen Doozy. Um, I saw those tweets mm. at, the, uh, at the end of the game where he was praising Unai Emery and talking about how much he had learned from him, etc., etc. And I was just thinking, this is the bullshit kind of behavior that, you know, <laughs> this is this is it this is the prime example of why people like dislike you so much yeah and yep. why you're not going to make it because you don't know how to carry yourself um so i guess all that's left to say is you know best of luck to gwen doozy um wherever he goes i'm sure he'll he'll carry his baggage with him and that will be the undertone to who I mean, he that, is and what that, he brings that will be that will be the sour taste to a very what could have been a very very good uh player mm. And mm. a player for Arsenal, he could have been, you know, I know we talk about it so much, but, you know, Vieira and all these other players, all these other players that have come before. Mm. Uh, but, you know, he just, he just ruined it. I, I, I think back to that Brighton game where he just lost it. Yeah. Completely, completely lost it and, and, and grabbed Malpai, grabbed my, uh, Malpai by the neck. And you can't do that to a player. I don't. I don't care what situation it is. Do, or... do you know what it is, um, James? Uh, this is gonna sound very strange, but I don't mind that in a player. To some extent, I've I kind of admire the passion that he had, but what I don't admire is the follow up. Is whatever it was, whatever happened between him and Arteta, that wasn't resolved. Arteta would have had a very stern word with him to say, "Look, that is unacceptable." And everyone, everyone in their right mind knows you don't put a hand on another player in the context of it being a fiery game where Mopai <laughs> deliberately or undeliberately or however you you want to see it uh, got Leno and it was pretty much a blessing in disguise because of what followed but um, in the context of that game he took out one of our best players obviously the Arsenal players the majority of them on the pitch didn't have the balls to stand up and to fight for their guy. So it was down to the 19, 20 year old to do something about it. I I admire that about him a lot, but what I can't understand is whatever goes on in the background between him, the managers, the other staff inside team meetings, surely, you know, there needs to be a switch in his head that says, right now it's time for me to respect, um, the authoritative figures and to play my part as a team player. Sometimes I feel like maybe he's doing it for himself a little bit by showing this passion and, you know, by trying to be the guy that carries the badge. Sometimes I feel like it's kind of done in a kind of arrogant kind of way. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Mm. Let me just stop you there because I've just got some news or not Mm. news but I've just seen a comment about Andre Onana that maybe you can clear up for me that Mm. if we do sign him he he can't start straight away Mm. he has to see out his ban well, this is it. We need to wait and see what what his hearing will bring. And I, like I said, I don't know whether it's tomorrow. I haven't. Uh, I can't remember what I read earlier today. Whether it is uh, tomorrow. In fact, let me just quickly put, put in a Google search because I'm sure the top articles will come up. Um, Andre Patrick, Tim- Patrick yeah. Timmons uh, sent out a tweet three hours ago. Said Leno in Onana. Uh, Leno out Onana in disgust. Yeah. And then someone put, uh, regardless of his talents, Onana can start in 2022 due to his substance abuse. So it's Leno until further notice. But I don't know whether it's Leno until further notice uh, anyway, uh, regardless of the ban, or is it Leno in in further notice until 
the ban is heard. Okay, well, ask, ask blog. Um, Andrew, obviously, as you know, and uh, James, who do Ask Cast. Again, an amazing podcast show. Hats off to the guys for doing it for so long and so consistently and for doing such a great job. They've got um, a blog page, Ask Blog, if you guys know. If you don't, then check it out. And uh, they released an article nine hours ago saying that according to Dutch broadcaster NOS, Arsenal has the best credentials to sign goalkeeper Andre Anana, even though the player is currently serving a one-year UEFA ban for doping violations. The 25-year-old Cameron International hasn't played for his club since January after a drug test found uh, found banned substance of furosemide in his urine sample, but he's hopeful that an appeal at the Court of Arbitration for Sport set for tomorrow will see his suspension reduced. So there we are. More news will be released tomorrow. Um, he's still available between six to nine mil. And given his age and his experience and his pedigree, his long-term value seems to be something we're weighing up. Of course, we're not alone. United and PSG are also circling. So there we are. That is all the information that we really need to know. Up in, until we find out what the Court of Arbitration um, says, says and the decision that they make tomorrow it very much will be a case that I guess, uh, you know, fans will just be talking amongst themselves. But could you imagine if, you know, I've seen PSG and United mentioned there, can you imagine if someone, if uh, he chooses us over them and we have mm. no European football? It will just show what pull we still have regardless of European football. Mm. And um, there's something I'm here for because, you know, if you want to entice the likes of Raheem Sterling to Arsenal without any European football, we need, you need something. And uh, yeah. let's hope we have that something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, I guess on that, let's talk about very quickly um, before we end it. It's been a very long, good, oh, it's been a long show. I think it's yeah, been, it's, it's, it's felt I, quite short actually, but it's been yeah, over right. an hour. So um, yeah, hats off to us. We, <laughs> We've managed to fill an hour talking about nothingness because yeah, let's be honest. And we changed last, it today. We did. We yeah. uh, we we've changed some stuff, which uh, we will go into. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe in the future, but um, well, well I'll touch on it towards the end yeah. about what we're going to go do next after this. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, but uh, let's talk about the centre back. Is it? Um, no. So basically, um, I think I'm going to not talk about the centre backs. Odegaard, Berg. Um, I think I just want to talk about Shaka and Bellerin because oh. I think as 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 the days go by, we'll obviously know more about potential signings. And the only strongest link that we've had so far has been Anana. Um, and uh, I think there was someone else, but I think that's all just reports. There was someone else. Who was it that Arsenal were trying to sign desperately and we're very close to? Anyway, I can't remember. Who knows? Um, but... Shaka to Roma. That's going to annoy me now. Who is it? <laughs> Sorry. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I can't remember for the life of me either. Okay, let's, let's continue. James? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I thought, um, I, I, I thought I thought I was lagging and you were waiting no, for me. No, to catch no, 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 no. I just no. stopped thinking I was, that. I was, <laughs> I was thought, like, yeah. what? what happened there? Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm here. Anyway, yeah, let's let's discuss Granite Shaka. Granite Shaka to Roma. Roma yep. don't have 
the money right now to be making ridiculous signings. Um, huh. Mourinho is obviously the head coach there. And he's had a look at Shaka and he's had a look at the amount that he's able to spend. And he's put in a <laughs> 10 mil bid, was it? Something like... <laughs> I, don't I don't know. Something ridiculous. Do Arsenal... Oh, um, you're joking. Go on. Hold on. Hold on. I've just seen something, right? Basically, the Express was claiming Roma offered two Arsenal players in bid to seal Granit Xhaka transfer, right? Yeah. I swear. I swear that one of those players was Henrik Mkhitaryan. Oh, my no, God. It can't be. It can't be because... <laughs> Arsenal, Arsenal aren't that silly. Yes, Arsenal, I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if they I did said, something I, ridiculous. No, like but that. I swear it was. Uh, I swear it was him. Oh no, no. Uh, apparently, it's forgive me. It's um, Diawara. Yeah, uh, and uh, someone else. Mm. But uh, oh, uh, Unda. Unda, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Chengus Unda that used to play for Leicester. Yeah, yeah. Both decent players. Actually, Under not so. Mm, I don't know about. I mean, we don't need Under to be honest. Diawara maybe. Um, but yeah, this is it. This is the question. How do you approach this Granite Shaka situation? Do, how do you sell him for just purely cash? Do you swap him? Do you trade? Um, and if you do sell him, how much do you sell him for? Because for me personally, to sell him for ten mil is absolutely ridiculous. Like, no. You can't do that. You can't well, be selling you... Granit Shaka. I mean, I, I've, I've never rated him highly, but I've rated him high enough to know that he's worth at least 20, 25 mil. And maybe if you're talking about this current climate, and I hear a lot of people talking about this current climate. Well, guess what? In this current climate, we're talking about Man City and Chelsea wanting to spend still hundreds of millions of pounds. So forget about this climate. Yeah, because they have, Teams it in, have... they have it in their locker though. No, I get it. I understand. And I get that because most of clubs... Maybe controversial efforts. Yeah. And you know, most clubs don't have the money right now. Blah, 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 blah. But most clubs are still going to spend money. Most clubs are still going to fork out the, the funds from somewhere in order to improve their squads. And if we don't start putting some respect and, 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 and a real... If we, if we don't stop being Arsenal and start being a big club, and I say I say that very loosely. Then we're gonna be made to look like absolute mugs. I mean, to even suggest that Granite Shaka is only worth ten mil is an insult. It's an insult to every fan that supports Arsenal. Because what does that say about Arsenal Football Club? Can you imagine? Can, can you can you imagine United willing to sell Fred for ten mil or McTominay for ten mil? You know, it just, I, I, the things that Arsenal come out with now don't surprise me. Mm. I'm not, you know, I, I don't, when, when it was reported that uh, we'd sell Xhaka for that amount, I was like, eh, yeah, all right. <laughs> things like that don't surprise me because I'm so used to it. It doesn't come as a, as a, as a shock or, you know, it, I don't know. It just seems like we always want to mm. make fun of ourselves. Like I saw a tweet completely unrelated, but it's still related to Arsenal. I saw a tweet of Arsenal celebrating their 2015 FA Cup win on Instagram. Yes, it was a lovely wow. time. Yes, yes, it was great. 2015, like it was like one of these on the on this day thing, you know, when they 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 go back to when 
And I saw one of the comments and it was so funny. And so it was so true. It was like, this is uh, just stop, just stop while you can. This is what makes us look bad. And just stuff like that uh, is very, very, um, yeah, it, it just doesn't fill me with any, any joy. Uh, when we're supposed to be talking about transfers and who we're going to bring in. Yeah. But in regards to Granit Xhaka, I mean, I would, ho- I would hope we can get some more for him, but it doesn't look like we are. Mm. But would it be a good signing for Roma? Yes. Um, mm. would, it, would it be a huge loss to us? Um, depends. I think mm. uh, if you bought in, a, if you replaced him with the right player, like a Basuma, or a or a, a, a burger or a bird or a, any anyone like that who we've been linked with, I think it would be an adequate they they would be an adequate replacement um, for him. But mm. I'm not too sure at the minute. Yeah, um, I personally I think it will be a loss for Arsenal because if they do decide to sell Granite Shack and then they a have to replace him and b replace him with someone better, and you know unless they're willing to spend thirty odd mil uh, because. <laughs> You know, the reports are from Norwich, the reports are from Sheffield United, that even players like Bergen, Berge, and he's a good player, and so is um, Buendia. Okay, look at that but... pronunciation. <laughs> I think I'm getting it right. I think I, I yeah. did, uh, if, 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 I'm, if I'm wrong, someone can let, correct me. I think that's how I you didn't even it. know. I didn't Norwegian. Know. I think he's Norwegian, isn't he? Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, so e- even those two, you know, to be rated at the price tag that they are, it's not going to be easy for Arsenal to easily replace. Granite Shaka by selling him for 10 mil. We're still going to have to fork out 20 odd mil to get someone, uh, you know, at that level and better. Um, and I don't know. I mean, is it a case that Arsenal, and I, I don't think Arsenal do have it in their, uh, in their bag to pull out, you know, the gems, um, replace this stupid stat DNA with the traditional scouting methods because they've decided to go with, for stat DNA, so it hasn't worked. Um, so yeah. I, unless Arsenal go for these proven players who cost about 30, 40, 50 mil, um, you know, it's going to be very difficult for them to go into other places of Europe, um, and pull out gems like West Ham did with Vladimir Kufal and um, uh, Thomas uh, Suchek. Is that his first name? Thomas is his name, yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Um, yeah, so so look, Granite Shaka for me would be a loss um, if Arsenal sold him for the wrong price. If they sold him for 10 mil plus, you know, Diawara, then okay, fine, I'm willing to work with that. But that's not what I expected at the beginning of the transfer window. What I expected, to be honest, was for Arsenal to really dig deep and get the business started, at least started. Because as soon as the Euros start, the whole concentration will be on that tournament. Nobody will be looking to make deals. Agents will not be sitting down with their clients, talking out options about where they can move to and how much they're being offered. They'll be talking about what their mindset is like going into the next game, going into you know, the high pressure tournament environments. So um, I'm surprised that Arsenal haven't gone a little bit deeper into trying... Um, I mean, maybe they are, and maybe these reports are true, and maybe Edu and Arteta are trying as hard as they can. But it's, I don't know. I just feel like it's good enough compared to what we were um, promised. Look, we can talk about it for days, but it's never going to change, and that's why I'm not really going to speak. Well, I don't really want to take up these podcasts by speaking mm. about something that isn't going to change, mm. because we had 
all of that. I feel exhausted talking yeah. about the Cronkies and, and Daniel Ek. No, disres- no disrespect to Daniel Ek. I know he hasn't even come in the club or, or done anything of <laughs> of anything anything to upset us, but it's just every every time you just build yourself up, oh, we're going to get taken over to, oh, we're not. And we're stuck with the same old people. So I'm not going to get myself down about it. If we sign people, we sign people. If we don't, we don't. I'm still going to support this club. Yeah. See, see, I'm even I'm even baffled that I'm having to say if we sign people, we sign people because of course Arsenal Football Club should be actively looking to sign people, whoever. But mm. you know what? I couldn't be asked if we don't. I'm still going to support the club, even how shit we are. Um, mm, mm, mm. But let, let's hope that's not the case. But um, we're just going to have to wait and see what happens. Yes, and waiting we shall do as we have been doing for the last. God knows how many years. Um, listen, this has been a very, very fruitful discussion. It has, yeah. It's been I refreshing. It. It's been really good. It's been the first uh, pre-season, I guess, not even pre-season, post-season. Post-season, and pre-season, the first, kind and of. the first non-live podcast as well. Yeah, that's right. It is the non-live <laughs> podcast. Usually we do record, uh, not record, sorry. Usually we do live stream these podcasts, but we've made the decision not to um, because we just feel like we offer a little bit more value um, for listeners on podcasting platforms. It just, it's a little bit more cleaner, crisper, and hopefully we can avoid, you know, those dodgy, those dodgy connections, not my dodgy voice. (laughs) 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 It was like a a dodgy connection that felt that sounded so (laughs) right because it matched the tone of my voice. Um, We will, uh, we will instead be replacing the live streams with uh, live Twitter spaces. So Twitter has this new feature called spaces where you get to sort of create your own space where your followers and you can have a chat. It's almost like a podcast, but you know, they've just taken it up a level, I guess. Um, And we will be, um, well, I guess we, the idea is to record these podcasts, release it. And then the following day, to have a spaces discussion following up from the discussion that we had. So it gives listeners an opportunity to listen to the podcast, uh, agree, disagree, or have any questions. And then to, I guess, have an interactive session with us, um, ask any questions, I guess, follow up from the discussion that we've had and yeah, talk more about Arsenal. So that is the idea. I don't know how well it will work. It's obviously but the first today, time that we're I doing it. Uh, today we're going to just do one after this. Aren't we? I, think. Ooh, I might have to disappoint you there. Oh, um, yeah, I'm sorry, man. It's, it's, it's hitting 11 o'clock right now. I still need to go gym. I need to wake up tomorrow at 6am. It's all happening. That's okay. it's, all, it's all a bit crazy. But tomorrow, tomorrow, or whatever time you're listening to this, but I guess at time of recording, Wednesday, Tuesday, the 1st of June, tomorrow, Wednesday, the 2nd of June, we will be doing a live wait, no, space. It's, wait, what's the, what, no, it's uh wednesday second of june okay i'm after this if i knew because i actually have something going on on wednesday but we maybe can it. do it <laughs> we might have to do we we uh we might have to yeah. do it a little bit earlier if, if you can um fine fine yeah. fine yeah, yeah yeah no worries i've got my phone with me all the time anyway and you know arsenal will just come second nature to me so yeah um we will figure out a time to do this right but like i said the ideally what we'd like to do is to release these podcasts every Monday. We'll record them on a Sunday. We'll re- release it on a Monday and we'll do a Twitter spaces on Tuesday for you guys to interact with us. Um, listen, I want to say a massive thank you to everybody who has been listening to the podcast because um, it, numbers isn't really a thing. It's not something that I 
like to look at too much because I don't want to get lost in the competitive nature of trying to get as many listeners as possible. But it is so nice and refreshing to see more listeners being yes. involved because it shows us that, you know, the show has value. Um, it's, it's adding value and it's providing value to Arsenal listeners or football fans or whoever it is that's listening. Um, for the last month or so, the number of listeners has increased and we hope it continues. So tell a friend to tell a friend, um, yeah. give us a five-star review on Apple podcast and follow us and interact with us on Twitter as well. Um, Gunner since 96 is my at James Payne. Um, sorry, James Payne <laughs> AFC is yeah. James is at, and I don't know if you wanted to add anything else, James to that. No, I, I would just echo what you, what you, what you've just said. I think it's been an absolute, because obviously I, you've been doing this a whole longer than long, uh, longer than me. This will be my first full season mm. as a, as a podcast host, but let me, let me just assure you, I've enjoyed every single minute of it. Um, mm. I've enjoyed interacting. Yeah, uh, last week the Twitter space has filled me with so much confidence of what what we can do going forward. And there, there's even more, as you know, as you know, uh, Farhan, the ideas I've had coming off air. Yeah, and, and, and the things we're going to oh, plenty gonna... of work in the pipeline. You know, there's so much that there this little so podcast much. can grow into. And yeah, like so I said, much, we're yeah. we're going to take it one step at a time. We're going to take it with a pinch of salt, and we're going to monitor everything. Um, and give you guys as much value as possible. Being Arsenal fans, the most disappointing thing about being an Arsenal fan is is being promised and being over promised, but not delivering not being given the goods um and so it's great to be in a position where we can do something for fans um all the fans by the fans for, for the fans by the fans as a famous quote uh, once upon a time uh by uh, yeah. a so-called organization but we would, <laughs> oh my god okay <laughs> we yeah. we would we would really like to um i guess build a network of fans and just talk Arsenal. This is this is this is it. You know, the the one passion that brings us all together is Arsenal Football Club, and so that should be the constant. That should be the thing that always remains, no matter what gets in the way, no matter you know commercially, profit wise, all of that for me is secondary. I, if one day you know my channel, my podcast, our podcast, and this whole project that we're building blows up, and you know we become super mega rich from it i'll be happy to not take a single dime from that if it meant if it meant that this what we have here becomes something else i want this yeah. always to remain um a platform where we can have a wholehearted analytical truthful honest conversations about arsenal because let, let me just add on i, I think you're 100 correct and, and and my idea and my vision Along with along with Farhan, with this project we're working on, don't 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 get this twisted. When if if this project does happen, it will be all for Arsenal supporters and, and football supporters, and you will always come first. And uh, there's been so much in the news lately about other people, other uh, organisations, as as Farhan said. But honestly, everything that will go everything will go back to you guys because you you're the reason why we do these things and these podcasts and projects. So. Um, I'm really and excited. also by the way look it's not just the it's not just the fans listening that we do it for we're also doing it for ourselves because as Arsenal fans this is what we love to do 
Yeah, you're you're not wrong. I mean, especially especially me, I, I love doing this every every week. It's giving me a reason to, you know, I'm normally every evening. I'm normally either on PlayStation or just doing random stuff. But it's giving me yeah. a, a platform to talk about Arsenal and Twitter in general. I mean, you know, I started Twitter in 2018, mm. and I've 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 gained over 2,000 followers. Not to not to flex or anything, but yeah, I, yeah. I I really do believe. I said this to a friend. I said this to a friend the other day. I really do believe Twitter has changed my life, and I, I won't mm. I won't ever I won't ever forget. I won't ever you know. Twitter will always have a special place in my heart now because of that. Mm. Uh, it's actually my anniversary on Twitter this month, so June is my anniversary of joining Twitter. And but mm. from what what we're building now, I think we're really onto we'll be onto something special and. Uh, I just don't want the message to get lost in translation. We're doing it for you, uh, you yeah. guys as fans and supporters of this club and football fans in general. And I'm really excited for what we're going to bring to the table. Wicked. Yeah. And on that note, I think it's a, a good place to end this episode. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Thank you for your continued support. Uh, like I said, I'll, re- I'll reiterate um if you guys want to reach us, you know, drop us any messages, feedback, maybe mm-hmm. ways that we can improve or any messages you had about the discussion. You can find me on Twitter at Gunner since 96. You can find James at James Payne AFC. We'll be back next week for another one. But until then, stay home, stay safe and enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you very much. Bye bye. <laughs>